Isn't it awesome? Why don't you stand with me as we open our gathering in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we thank You for the incredible privilege it is to come into Your house. Lord, on this wonderful day, Lord, we enter into Your gates with thanksgiving and into Your courts with praise. Lord, may our hearts and our lungs be filled with, Lord, the praises of God, declaring Your greatness and Your goodness as we enter into Your presence today. And everyone said, Amen. Fantastic. Oh, well done for getting here on time. Daylight saving. <laughs> it's almost like God couldn't wait for us to wake up this morning and come into His presence. So He's like, just put the, you know, the clocks forward now and He gets to come here early. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's praise our God this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you God. We love you, Lord. You're amazing. It's your heart we're searching for. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Let your Yo 
take a seat. We've got a great day planned today and um, if you're not aware, in the next service, the 10.30 service this morning, Jan has been ordained and uh, so that'll be great and I encourage you if you want to just stay on for that, it'll be great and um, you know, just go after the ordination but that's fine, so it'll be good. But welcome, it's great to have you here this morning and um, I'm really looking forward to what God wants to do today. I've got high expectation that he's got something significant for us as a church. And uh, it's a great, great privilege privilege to have Wayne and Ruth Swift with us this weekend from Melbourne. And uh, and, um, Wayne is our overseeing minister. Every church in our movement has an overseeing minister, keeps an eye on things, makes sure we behave, all that kind of stuff. So Wayne's been um, making sure we behave the last couple of days. And... um, I think we're okay, aren't we? Yeah, he's nodding. We're okay so far. Tina's more concerned. <laughs> so it's been great. And Ruth um, had the morning with the ladies yesterday, and that sounded absolutely fantastic. And so, yeah, it's just awesome to have you guys with us. Very, very good. And so I think Wayne is speaking this morning. Ruth is going to be speaking at 6 p.m. tonight. So come on out, you know. All the rugby games are finished by then. I understand there's quite an important game of rugby on right now. So so I, I commend you for being here. And just, you know, look, when you see the people you know who are watching the rugby, just look down your nose at them a little and go, you know. <laughs> Wales, England, I think. Yeah, Wales, England. No, it's not important. If it's not black, it's not important. So that's right. The South Africans came back, I heard, last night, big time. Thump Tonga. Samoa. I was close. I've called you Samoa, eh? Yeah. No, don't do it again. Anyway, anyway. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, it's really great to have you here. And um, can I encourage you as you leave, 
just outside the door on the right hand side in that, that foyer there's a table there and there's some packs there and there's chocolate you can get a free coffee in between the services there's a card in the bag etc make sure you grab one of those that'll be really really good well has there been any birthdays or anniversaries this last week none one very very good very good birthday or anniversary anniversary fantastic how many 34 that is worth a hand well done yeah you need to come down and have a chocolate so any anyone else any other birthdays celebration anniversaries anyone want chocolate well if you want a chocolate come and get one Ruth you have to come and get one here it's not delivered you have to come for it Okay, stop. Don't go anywhere because I want to pray for you. Come back, come back. Seem there's only, only one real birthday. You guys can gather around Barry. Lay your hands on him. Why don't you just jump to your feet, church? We're going to pray this prayer of blessing this morning. Ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy anniversary. That's great. Well, Alan, why don't you, before you sit down, Alan's going to share a testimony with us this morning. So give him a hand as he comes. Morning, church. How are we this morning? All good? Good, good. I like, uh, I just want to share, um, you know, it's a real privilege and honour, and I'm really blessed to be part of the Community Link team. Everyone heard of Community Link? Yeah, best team out, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're an amazing, amazing bunch of uh, uh, people. And they're serving, uh, you know, and sharing God's goodness in the community every day. And, you know, in budget link, you know, providing budgeting advice for um, those in need. Food, for the food bank, you know, for those that are food parcels for people in need. Team link, which is team mentoring, you know, assisting those uh, young ones and really transforming lives. And uh, also ParentLink, which is providing a whole lot of um, courses, you know, right from young mums with little kids right up to grandparents that are raising, uh, raising grandchildren. It's amazing. And, um, and I'm fortunate to be part of that team this year. And I've just started up a new initiative called PropertyLink. And every day it's been a real blessing and honour to be uh, serving out there in the community. And I've got a great little team. James, up the back there. We're an awesome team and we, we're just really fortunate that we can go out into the community and while it is a little business enterprise, we have the opportunity all to, also to be able to bless people out there in the community. And it's just be little things like, um, you know, might be changing light bulbs. You know, they've got nobody that can do that for them. Uh, changing tap washers, mowing people's lawns. But one little example I want to share is uh, we got a swing set donated to us. One of the old metal ones, real strong ones. Well, we got that and um, donated to us. We did it all up, really painted it nice bright colours and then we took it around and blessed it to a young family that have been really on a uh, real hard journey in recent times and uh, they're in a cul-de-sac and all these kids all in the neighbourhood, you know, it was like a magnet within half an hour, you know, and so that's about paying it forward and, you know, uh, that's awesome. So that's just a little snippet about what we do out in the community, so great. I also want to take the opportunity about the month of October is CIA, Church in Action. 
And uh, it's a real opportunity for all of us to be actively involved in uh, something out in the community. And we've got something real exciting organised for the weekend of the 18th. And uh, that's all of us going out into the community and blessing our community with lots of little activities. So it's going to be an awesome time. But starting next week, we've got the food food bag, uh, sorry, the um, bags for um, groceries that you can fill all up to bring along and put in for the food bank. So you can take those bags to your workplace, you know, and share that. And, you know, it's going to be uh, supporting families in our community that are in real need. So uh, month of October, we're all going to get actively involved in the community. Awesome. That's great. The Community Day on the 18th, that's, um, that's quite significant. Alan and the team have got the police on board with it, got the City Council on board. So um, it's, it's going to be great. It'll be great fun. Because the City Council are on board and we're on their property, we've got to do it their way, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'll be fun. We'll have some fun with that. That'll be really good. Excellent. Well, Wayne, why don't you come and read Psalm 30 this morning? I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Lord my God, I cry to you for help. And you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise His holy name. For His anger lasts only a moment, but His favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. You've, your favour, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me and I was shattered. I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, What will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, and you have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. Let's just dwell on that for a moment.
let that be our prayer this morning, that we would praise you forever. And Lord, ever forever seems so long, but today we make the choice. Um, Lord, as we stand and as we as we continue in this, this place where your presence is found and we worship you. Lord, may our hearts bring joy to your heart. May our voices, as we lift them, match the heart of gratitude that we have within us, Lord.
sing these words that we're singing. I believe in you. I believe you rose from the dead. All these lyrics that we are singing are such incredible, powerful truths. And they don't need to be determined on where we're at right now. Yeah, they don't change. When we're going through the best time in our lives, these truths, they don't change. When we're going through a mundane, boring, same old, same old, same old, same old, they don't change. They're still just as powerful, these words. Yeah? When we're going through a really tough, challenging time, these words are so powerful, they don't change. They're still the same. So when we sing them, when we declare them, no matter where our situations may be, the God of heaven, this God that we're singing about, His heart for you is huge, huge. And He loves us so much in our situation, through our situation. Yeah? So when we sing these lyrics, let's sing them again and let's allow our heart and our mind to connect and lift Him up. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. And I believe.
We honour you this morning, Jesus. We declare that you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. You're worthy of all of our praise. We give you all honour this morning. We lift your name up. We celebrate the King of Kings. You are worthy. You are worthy. sovereignty this morning, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, when you went to the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, He paid the price for our healings as well. By His stripes we are healed. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch every person with their hand in the air right now in Jesus' name. That the healing power of heaven, the healing power of God would be released in this place, here and now, in Jesus' name, I command every infirmity to be gone in the name of Jesus. And we receive your healing. We receive heaven's health this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, stay on your feet for a moment. And um, it's great to have... Pastor Wayne Swift with us this morning, as I said, from Melbourne. And uh, it's, it's great fun being on the journey and developing friendships with people along the way. And um, Jan and I really, really do regard Wayne and Ruth now as friends, not just colleagues. And, uh, and it's great being on the journey. We have a lot of fun together. Ruth's quite rude to me, actually. But we have a lot of fun. <laughs> My coffee grinder broke yesterday. I had to buy a new one. I know, you know me, you know that's tragic. And, um, and I made Ruth a coffee this morning and I said, be honest, because you know you've got to set the grinder. And she goes, she goes, nah, this isn't drinkable. <laughs> Guest in my home. Guest in my home. Even my wife, I said, how's yours? And she said, it's different. <laughs> it was bad, eh? It was really bad. It was really bad. 
Anyway, why don't you come, mate? That's enough dribble. So please give him a big hand as he comes. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. I want you to say six simple words after me. I am here to do good. Now, this is a positive declaration that you're saying about me, obviously. Is that right? No, no. Say it again. I am here to do good. You don't have to keep following me. Uh, you don't have to keep repeating what I say. But let me tell you, so many people try and find out what God's purpose and plan is for their life, and you've just declared what it is. The only plan God has got for you is to do good. Uh, as I understand it, you've been speaking about God and His goodness, and it's God who defines what good is, isn't it? You know, God, good is not defined by, by what we value. Good is defined by what God values. God is good, and therefore what He declares to be good is good. And as a result of that, we, if, if we uh, apply ourselves to a certain thing, if it's what God determines is good, then it is good. And so the reason you're on earth is to continue to replicate God's character or His goodness. And as you do that, you do the work of God on earth. And that's His intention right from the very beginning, that you, that you if you like, replicate Him, His actions and His character. And in doing so, you become a blessing to others and you point to Him through the way that you live your life. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Before we get to that, I want to tell you a little story. A little while ago, Ruth and I were uh, having dinner at a restaurant across the road from, from the church building. I can't remember why we were having dinner there. There must have been a meeting on at the church. But anyway, there was another lady who uh, we bumped into and we all had dinner together. As we walked out of this restaurant, uh, it, was, it was dark and there's a car park across the... Uh, out, out the front of the restaurant, it's a, it's a strip shopping centre, so there's quite a few car parks, and, and there was a, and, and I mean this respectfully, a larger lady half walking, half running across the car park in the dark. She didn't see the wheel stop, you know what a wheel stop is? You, she didn't see the wheel stop, and she kicked the wheel stop and fell face first onto the, onto the asphalt, and she had glasses and face first straight down. And so, of course, we would have been probably five metres away. So we run over to her and, 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 and began the process of talking to make sure she was okay. She probably lay on the ground for 15 minutes or so. And eventually, uh, at first, she wasn't knocked out, but at first uh, she didn't know what had happened. She was, uh, you know, knocked around. Um, she was worried about her glasses. Uh, she, wasn't, she couldn't get up. And, um, and so probably 15 minutes or so, eventually we got her onto her backside on the ground and we said all this, you know, is there someone we can call? Do we call an ambulance? Uh, where were you going? She was going into to one of the facilities close by and she said, oh, it's my first time here. I don't know this area. Uh, I was going to this place here. Um, eventually I got her phone number, her husband's phone number. He, he lived 10 minutes away, so we called him. And I explained what, explained what had happened, said I'd stay with her and Ruth and, and this other lady ended up going off to uh, whatever it was they were doing at the church. And, and I just sat there with her and there was another woman who came across as well who was a nurse. And we waited and eventually her husband came 
And um, cut a long story short, the lady was okay. It took quite a while to go through this whole process. Uh, but then as, as I was leaving, she just, she said, you're an angel sent from God. And that was funny to me. <laughs> Do you know that's the first time anyone has ever said I'm an angel sent from God? And I thought, you know, that accident she's had was more serious than I thought. <laughs> she's become delirious. She's seeing visions. Or... But the point is, for her in her, and it was broken English, that us being there at that particular point in time, it was like an answer from heaven. Now, I didn't know that she was a Christian or otherwise, but the fact that she used those phrases indicated that she had some understanding of who God was, and it just so happened that because we were there to help and assist in, in a time of need for her, um, it appeared as if God had sent us at just the right time to do uh, that thing for her. Let's say that again. I am here to do good. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 in the New Living Translation says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, had we left the restaurant a few minutes earlier, we'd have missed the whole thing. And um, the car park was empty. I don't know who else would have seen what would have happened to the, what would have happened to that lady. God watches over every single one of us. He knows where to put us at what time to fulfill His purpose. And I believe that that was a God-ordained moment. I don't believe God actually put His foot out and tripped the lady over, but I do believe that He allowed for us to be there at just the right time for that lady when she didn't know anybody and it was a difficult time for her. And the new international version it says this for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do first point I want to make this morning is this you are God's masterpiece in the beginning you know we uh, we understand from Genesis 1 and verse 30 when God looked over at all he had made he said that it was very good he looked down at what he had made and he was uh, there was a sense of pride in, in, the, in the people that he had developed. God looked at us and he thought, wow, that's outstanding. He, he was impressed with the outcome of his efforts. And, and I want you to understand today that God still looks at you the very same way that he did in the beginning with, uh, with mankind when they were first created. But, but even better than that, he looks at you as a step above what he created with Adam and Eve. You see, the creation of man was not the epitome of his work. The reconciliation of man was the epitome of his work. That was the, the highest place. That was the best he could do. It, it, at the time when he created man, it was the best he had done. But when Jesus went to a cross and, 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 and went through all that he did so that we could be reconciled, he found that in us, when we became born again, that was the very, very best he could do. So when he looks down at you and he looks down at me, he says, you're, our, you're, you're a masterpiece. You're, the, you're all I could dream of. You're the very best I could come up with. And it's important today that you recall what God thinks of you. When you know someone thinks a lot of you, it helps you to get through life a little bit better. Recently, I, I received a letter from our 16-year-old daughter 
She'd been away at a camp and the, the deal with the camp is you write a letter to your, to your child and, and then they write a letter back to you. And, and Ruth got a letter from Michaela and, you know, it was 50 words or so. And I got my letter and it was about 500 words. Now, there's a little bit of exaggeration. But Michaela, our youngest daughter, went through and, and said a whole lot of things about what it meant for her to have me as a father. And now I, I, I understand her uh, expression of appreciation, but the thing that probably most hit home was the fact that she knew that I believed in her. Now, she said some nice things about Ruth as well, but it didn't mean the same to me as, what, uh, as, as, as the letter I received. But the fact that she knows I believed in her makes an enormous difference to a 16-year-old girl. It gives her strength, it gives her courage, it gives her the ability to go forward when, when times are difficult. And all, all the while that happens, you know, she goes to school, she goes through all of the things that she goes through. She knows that her earthly dad, that her dad believes in her and it gives her a sense of um, impetus and momentum and confidence. And I want you to understand this morning that God looks down on you and according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, he says you are his masterpiece. You are the very best that he could create. And, and I want to discipline you if I can. If you are not thinking this way, you've got to stop thinking other than what the Bible says. You, you know, we do ourselves damage when we consider someone better than ourselves somehow. And I'm not talking about developing a sense of pride, but I'm talking about developing a, a good sense of what God thinks of us. He looks down at you and he looks down at me and he says, you know what, I am so pleased with what's taken place in that person. Sad thing for us is it's got nothing to do with us or our behaviour, but it's got to do with the work of Christ. When God looks down at me, he doesn't see me and my fallibility, my imperfections. He doesn't see me and my bad attitude or my inappropriate looks. What he looks down and sees in me is the work of his son, Jesus Christ, restoring me to the place that he'd originally intended for me to be. And he does exactly the same for you. And that should give you a sense of confidence, a sense of faith, a sense of, uh, of direction and determination. And when you understand that God looks at you in that way, you know that he's, he's giving you favour. He's, 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 he's if, if you like, he's setting up a, a, a plan for you. He is favouring you. Why? Because he loves you so much. You, you know, with, our, with Michaela, I do what I can to set life up for her. Now, a teacher and trainer, I discipline, I do a whole bunch of other things. But there's a whole lot of things that I do that are an exhibition of my favour towards her. I, I, I give her more than she expects. You know, she's got a good sense of fairness and justice, but I always do my best to exceed her expectation. Why? Because I love her. She's got my favour. Now, I've always done that with our girls. It just so happens Michaela's the last in the line and the other girls all think she gets spoiled more than they did and a whole bunch of other things. And that's all good, healthy competition for our girls. But it is important for our uh, 
future efforts to come from a a base of uh, security and confidence. And God wants to, if you like, continue to build in you a sense of faith and confidence in His love for you, love for you, because He knows that as you step out, understanding that He's behind you, that your efforts will be more efficacious. They, they will produce all that He desires for them to produce. But if you go in hesitantly, then it's likely the impact that He wants to have through your life will be decreased. And Naomi stood up there and sung this morning without hesitation. She sung with hesitation, the impact on our lives would have been decreased. She sung with confidence. Because she sung with confidence and a, and a, a pure relationship with God, our lives are touched and what it evokes in us is greater praise for God. It's a like, I want to sing to God as well. Now God has got something for you to do. Let's say it again, what we said at the start. I am here to do good. Good works are a strange thing. You know, we ought to do good wherever we go. Uh, And, um, you you know, in, in Isaiah 58, let me read to you some of the things it says there. And you'll, have no, you'll know these verses. Verse 2 says this, For day after day God's rebuking the people in some ways. It says, Day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions, seem eager for God to come near to them. And they ask this question, Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed or for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see them naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? And then he goes on and says a whole bunch of other things. The point is this. The people of Israel there were interested in being in a relationship with God for their own good, not for the good of others. Too often what happens in our Christian world today is we look for what God can do for us rather than what we can do for somebody else. And I think there would be many people who would identify with many of the verses there in Isaiah 58 and they'd be saying, but i I prayed and I fasted and God, you're still not doing this for me. And he's thinking, the whole point of this is not what I do for you, it's what you do for somebody else. I understand there's something of a rebuke in what I'm saying. But what I want you to do is realize the purpose and plan that God has for your life. And the purpose and plan God has for your life is to be a conduit of good. So the good can come from God into us and flow out to others. We are not reservoirs. We're not a place where God stores up good 
The good he sees flowing through us is what gives him great pleasure. And I believe, and as it says in Ephesians chapter 2 there, there are things that God has already planned, he's already ordained, he's already worked out that he is going to do in you and through you that will make a difference for somebody else. The question is, are we focused on doing good or only receiving good things? And I think, you know, the challenging thing is often we're interested in only receiving good things rather than on doing good. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 32. I have shown you many good works from the Father. From, for which of these do you stone me? What Jesus was doing was good works that he'd already seen taking place in his Father. He was replicating the work of his Father and showing it to others. In John chapter 5 and verse 19, it says this. Verily I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. It's God's purpose and plan for us to do good. And where we see good, we ought to replicate it. Where do we see good? We see it in our relationship with God. We see it as we, as we read our Bibles. We see it in the example of the testimony of others. And the idea is not that we re be recipients of good things, but rather we do good things and others become recipients and in doing so recognize our Father in heaven. In John chapter 8, verse 38, it says this, I'm telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. It's awful to think about, isn't it? Jesus was addressing a group of people, and he was making it very clear, I'm doing what my Father is doing, and you're doing what your Father is doing. People get disappointed in their Christian walk. They, they believe that God somehow closes his ears to them. They believe they don't get what they ought to get. They move into a place where they, they become entitled. They believe that somehow, some way, uh, they're missing out and some others are getting all that they, that, that they want and yet they're missing out. It's just sort of like God shows favor to one and not to another. And do you know what? It's the truth. God does show favor to one and not to another. Do you know why? Because he's the father of one and he's not the father of another. God cannot and will not change his rules. He, 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 he won't change his method of operation because we become selfish. He, he's not about to adjust how he's created the universe. He's not about to adjust his intention for your life simply because you come, become sooky and sulky about your circumstance. It goes back to what I read earlier in Isaiah 58. The people were actually fasting and praying and they were getting annoyed and upset. And God is saying, hey, listen, this is, this is not about you just humbling yourself and getting what you want. It's about you doing what I want you to do. I am here to do good. You are here to do good. And the great blessing about doing good is that in the process of doing good, somehow we receive good from God. God does bless us. He does, he does fill us. He does do some profound things in us 
and, and, and the result is somehow, some way, uh, someone else is blessed. Let me take you back to that lady. She said, you're like angels sent from heaven. Do, do you know those words meant so much? It meant that somehow we're able to help her. And the critical thing was, it wasn't us she was thanking. It was her heavenly father. It was our heavenly father. And I thought, it's so simple. So very simple. Let's talk about doing good for a few minutes. Good, <clears throat> good things can be random or specific. And can I suggest we ought to focus on both? In other words, we should naturally be doing good for those around about us. But we should also be specific in the good that we do. A person's life is enriched when good comes at just the time that they need it. We ought to be prophecy fulfillers. Or the answer is of prayer. We ought to be those who are hearing what it is that God is saying to us and then responding to what God is saying to us and doing good for the person to whom God is directing us. It is it's good to do good naturally, but it's even better to do it specifically. And God wants to work on you and in you so that he can bring about a change through you to somebody else's circumstance. He wants, to, he wants to look down upon you and do in you something profound so that somebody else's life can be changed. There's nothing like being in the right place at the right time for the right reason. Let's say it again. I am here to do good. And I believe for us, we need to focus a whole lot more on specific goodness. We need to incline our ear to what it is that God wants to say to us so that we can produce a change in somebody else's life. Now, I'm not suggesting we don't do natural good things. We ought to. You see someone who needs a hand, help them out. If it's your neighbor whose lawns need mowing, mow the lawns. Don't wait for a word from God to say that you ought to mow the lawns. But there'll be other times where you're inclined or where you, 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 you gain an impression or the Holy Spirit whispers into your spirit and you know that there is an inclination to do something out of the ordinary. When that happens, don't ignore the experience or the opportunity because you have a chance to do the specific good that God actually created you for. And the end result will be a, another building block in the life of the person who receives that good. And whether it's leading them to Christ or helping them out of a crisis, God's purpose and plan is being fulfilled when we respond in obedience. Let me say this though. Good ought to start in your own home. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 says this, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, or wife, probably, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Can I be confrontational and say sometimes the reason our prayers are not answered is because we're not doing good in the very place we ought to be doing good. Sometimes in our homes, 
the goodness thing goes out the door. It's like we walk out the door, close the front door, get into the car and suddenly we're, oh, what good can we do for somebody in the workplace or in our schools or in our neighbourhood? But when the front door of our house is closed, it's not a place of goodness, rather it's a place of intolerance. In some places it's a place of abuse. People are devalued in the homes and it's the very place in which we should be formed to do good. We ought to be doing general good but specific good in our homes. Husbands, love your wives. Christ loved the church. Wives, respect your husbands. It goes both ways and I'm not picking on one or the other. But a place to do good is in your home. There are many clear directions about how we're to raise our children and and the directions we're given are for our good and for the good of our children as well you see ultimately what we ought to be doing is reproducing Christ in our homes whoever lives within our homes now I understand the world in which we live and it's a challenging place a very difficult place at times but let's not Let's not make excuses. Let's look to do good wherever we are. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 2. Again. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. In other words, let's come from a place of security, a place of confidence that God has um, accepted us. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Why did Christ save my life? So that I can represent him. How do I represent him? I represent him by doing good. Who defines what God, uh, good is? God himself defines what good is. And God wants us to do general good as he speaks about there in Isaiah 58. But he wants us to do specific good as well. Remember Paul, he was doing good. He was preaching the gospel in Asia and he was going about it working hard and then in a dream you know the Macedonian man said hey come over here and if you read the, uh, the, the sections in Acts you'll find that the Holy Spirit actually restrained him or stopped him from doing the good that he was already doing and gave him some clearer specific good that he wanted him to do and then he went over to Macedonia and, and began to preach the gospel there do you, do you know God wants you to keep doing good but in the process of doing good he will give you the opportunity to do specifically good things that will bring about transformation and change in people's lives God has called us all to represent him and the way we do so is by exhibiting goodness the challenge for you many of you today is probably not in exhibiting goodness it goes back to the place of security we need to understand we need to know that we are God's masterpiece we stand together with me what I'd like us to do now is I'd like us to pray both pray together and then pray for you the outcome of the kingdom of God in the world is it's God's goodness and the way God exhibits goodness is through those he calls his children you're his children I'm his child and you know when something's not operating you want to get it fixed and I know how important it's been for Sheridan to get the coffee grinder fixed 
It's an irritation because he's got something that's not working right and I don't drink coffee so I don't care about the coffee grinder. But when something's not working, you want to get it fixed. Why? So it gets back to normal and you can enjoy the benefits that come from the thing that works well. There is no benefit from something that's created to do a certain thing if it's broken. You can have the best coffee grinder in the world, but if it doesn't work, it's no point. You can be the best person in the world, but if you're broken you're no longer doing good then there's can I say no real point today you know some of you are standing there and and you want to do good but the reality is you're not feeling secure or confident in your relationship with God and despite the fact that you know the scriptures say that God has created you and you are his masterpiece there is still this there's there's still this resistance there's still this um, desire to believe that what the Bible says is true and this internal struggle that goes on about your personal security and level of confidence in who you are. You still find it a challenge to be accepted by God. And as a result of that, when there's an opportunity to do something, you're reluctant because you don't think you're worthy. God wants to speak into those situations this morning. Some of you have question God's purpose for your life and you're not sure what it is that you're supposed to do I've told you this morning all that you need to do is do good what you need to do some of you need to say okay this is not something I've been good at but I am going to be good at it and just just simply focus your life on doing good for others so whether it's in the shopping center whether it's in your workplace whether it's the way you, you treat the people in your neighborhood or even people in your home, it's time to make a, a focus of your life the good things that God has planned for you to do. Because in doing so, you're going to bring change to your own life, unblock the, the lack of flow that's there. And you're going to be a blessing to others. I'm here to do good. You are here to do good. Another way of saying it, saying the same thing as God has sent me to show Jesus to others. Father, my prayer today in this place is that you would come right now by your Holy Spirit. Fill this place. I'm talking about the building, Father, but fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit. Speak to us afresh about the change that is necessary in our lives. Father, where we're struggling with acceptance, where we're struggling with accepting the truth of what the Bible says about us, I pray, break the power of that resistance in Jesus' name. Father, where our focus has been on only what we receive, I pray you'd break the power of that thing in Jesus' name. My prayer today is that for everyone in this place, new priority would arise in our thinking so that as we go about our our daily activities daily chores there would be a natural desire and inclination to do good that would result in you being exalted that would result in you being praised that would be recognised by others as an answer to prayer or the fulfilment of a prophecy 
The people would recognise that God had somehow spoken into their situation because of our obedience to an inclination to do good for somebody else. Move by your Holy Spirit today, I pray upon us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. While we're standing here today, Ruth and I want to pray for people in several areas. Firstly, with regard to that sense of confidence, you need to know that you are God's masterpiece and that He loves you completely, fully, that He is not withholding anything of Himself from you. Some of you need to deal with that again today. You may have done it in the past. You may need to do it again. But just keep at it until you are totally and absolutely convinced of the truth of God's acceptance and love for you. Some of you are saying, you know what? This has come as revelation to me and I'm going to do good. But I want to do both general good and specific good. I need to be... I need to be more obedient to the voice or to the inclination or to the prompting that I receive to do good. I want to hear testimonies of how my actions brought about good in somebody else's life. You might be saying, yeah, God, use me as a vessel to do good so I can be a blessing to others and act in obedience to you. So two simple areas today. Those who are making a determination to do good in a new way. And those who are in a place where they need God to remind them again how much He loves them. That's you today and you want to respond to this message. I just just make your way to the front. We'll, We'll be here to pray for you. Some of you will have other challenges if you need prayer for healing. And you can make your way to the front. We'll pray for that as well. But understand those simple, that simple phrase, I am here to do good. When you do so, you can impact your community and your world for Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. You know, the starting place of understanding we're a masterpiece of God is by stepping into relationship with Him and uh, walking in relationship with our Maker, our Creator. And it's his greatest desire that we do life with him. That's uh, what Wayne was saying at the start. We're his. He wants to walk with us. He wants to journey with us. And so can I encourage you, if you have never stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ, perhaps today's the day that you need to start that journey. And it is only the start of a journey. Perhaps today's that day. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? And I'm going to ask you in just a second to lift your hand if you would like to start a relationship with Jesus Christ today. And um, it will be the greatest thing, greatest decision you've ever made. It's not the easiest decision to make, but it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you want to do that for the very first time, or perhaps you're feeling quite distant from God and you're going, you know, I just really need to get things on track again. Today I'm going to step back into that place. you this morning can you give me a wave just so I can see your hand you're not really responding to me you're responding to God but I'd love to pray for you at the end just wait a couple more seconds great that's great well God's obviously speaking to us because that's the second week in a row that he's talked to us about being conduits not containers so you need to hear that when 
God starts repeating himself, we need to hear that. And I encourage you this week, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, be like Jesus, be conduit for God's goodness, and that'll be great. As we finish, um, can I encourage you to be really purposed in your giving as you leave the giving stations on the left of the doors as we go out. But before we get that far, I would like to receive an offering here this morning, and that's to bless Wayne and Ruth. They're spending a, a lot of valuable time with us, and we want to ensure that they're really blessed as they leave and they head back to Melbourne. So if the host team could ready yourselves, that would be great. Thank you. I also encourage you, if you can, to hang around for the start of the next service. I think about 20 minutes in, we'll be ordaining Jan. And uh, that's, a, that's a very special day for us as a church. Very special day. So be part of that celebration would be excellent. Father, I pray as we go into this week that we would be confident in you that we would be confident to bring the goodness of God into every situation. And Father, I ask that there be an incredible sense of blessing on your church as we represent you wherever we are, whatever we're doing, and that we would be bold in, the, um, in responding in obedience when you prompt us to do stuff. And Father, whether that's doing a, getting somebody a coffee or helping someone in a car park or praying for the sick I ask that we can you would help us step into that place confidently knowing that you go before us in Jesus name Amen thank you for coming out this morning well done been here with daylight saving and all that stuff stay around have a coffee meet a few people have a great day and come down the front now if you'd like to receive prayer don't hesitate Thank you.
Jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath Weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden Thank you.
Hello, hello, hello. Can you make sure you put the effect on as well? One, two, one, two. One, two, 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 two. One, two, two. Oh, you got one? Here we go, cheers. We're going to be 
Hey, Matthew. Um, where's, the, where's my guitar coming through in the avium? We would like to know. Thank you. Um, do you guys want to just do a quick run through of He is Lord? Um, just to make sure you're happy with chord changes. He is Lord. Just to do, make sure you're happy with chord changes. Are we, are we going Thank up? You. Is there a chord change to go up? Could give me some keys in my ears, that'd be a little bit of keys in my ears would be brilliant and a bit of bass guitar in my ears would be good. A bit of bass and keys. A little bit more drums. Like a little bit more of everything, all those other things, thank you. That's clean eh? 